when your father tells you that he loves you, but he punches you in the face, you worry less about what people say. Josh Reed Jones is an experienced social impact professional and founder of the Just Be Nice Project, which assists those in need until they are housed, employed, and have positive mental health outcomes. It's very rare to find people who will put their own self-interest second or third. That's a rare person. So when push comes to shove, and you can have great friends, and then they can feel under pressure, and they can feel like it's, you know, chop the rope and let you hang, or or they'll hang and save you, then a lot of people will just leave you to hang. They'll just go, I'm out. Sorry, mate, but I've got to do it. I'm too stressed, I can't deal, whatever. Okay. In my mind, I go, you have to sleep at night knowing you left your best mate hanging. That's on you. Josh works tirelessly to change the way people help people and to create extraordinary positive change in the world by helping people make ordinary positive change. It's the right thing to do to make an effort to make sure they're not on their own, despite them saying, oh, I just don't want to be on my own. Mate, you're mostly on your own. If I see you for an hour, you're still 23 hours on your own. Relax, you're mostly on your own. It's just an hour. And then take it from there. Before we begin today's episode, I would really appreciate a review on whatever podcast platform you are listening to this on. This helps to get the message out there to men and therefore encourage and inspire them to level up their life. So without further ado, this is the Modern Warrior Podcast. I am your host, Gavin Meenan. Thank you for tuning in. Josh, absolutely delighted to have you here with me on the Modern Warrior Podcast. Thank you so much for taking the time to have this conversation with me. And I feel it's going to be very interesting and intriguing conversation because I know that your whole message about is about being nice. And I feel that being nice is often demonized these days. As you know, the death of the nice guy, um, no more Mr. Mr. Nice, all these sort of things. So yeah. I'm interested to hear about your perspective on that. But before we go there, perhaps, can you tell me about some periods in your own life where maybe being nice served you well and also being nice creative barriers in your life um well yeah look mate thanks it's a great pleasure to, to to have the chance to chat with you and a shout out to the technology for allowing us to do this across however many time zones it's yeah. uh the morning there and it's the night time here so i mean what a, what a great opportunity we have now to be able to do these these kinds of things um it, it's really great and, and i really enjoy the opportunity to, to to yarn with people across the globe so um it's funny that you that i really love that you asked both ways on that uh when we talk about being nice here um one of the challenges i think that you get when when people talk about being nice is we say being nice and then people have their own ideas about what that means and sometimes they're very different ideas so two people can be saying i suppose talking about being nice and and talking about two very different things and so you can end up having a bit of a bit of tension in in the room um around that when actually if we if we teased it out a little bit, uh, you might find that you're a little bit closer in sentiment than than you might think. So, I, I think before before I, I 
I, I consider some examples where it's gone well and where it's gone badly. And I can tell you, it's definitely done both. There's, there's, there's no question. Sometimes it goes well and, and good things happen, and, and but it's not always the case. Um, being the nice guy doesn't always win at all and, and doing the right thing does not always result in a great result and, and all of these sorts of things. So when, when we talk about being nice here, if in the work that I do and, 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 and the reason that the, the organization that I, that I started and run is called the just be nice project is because from my point of view, being nice is about how you conduct yourself in the world and you get to make some decisions about what being nice looks like. You you decide how how you show up. So, for instance, I I swear I don't know if we're allowed to swear on the podcast, but yeah, so I swear in yeah, <laughs> I swear in my day to day life. I don't often, you know, I don't. I sometimes swear in presentations, but you know, I do swear. I swear, and my my family swears, and my friends swear, and all that kind of stuff. And I've been in the middle of doing important work of looking after people, and I've sworn and and had people go, well, that's not very nice, you know. And I go, well, with all due respect. You, you're entitled to not swear and that's okay. But I also don't think that that, in, I think what's more important is the way that I show up and look after people um, and not swearing at strangers and calling them names in the street and stuff like that. But just in, in passing, yeah, if I swear with my friends or do that, I don't consider that to be not nice behavior. And so I'm okay with doing something that you know, obviously someone else thinks isn't nice and I still would consider that I'm doing the right thing. What I what I wouldn't consider nice, and one of the weird caveats I have in my life is this thing where, say, Gav calls me up and he goes, "Hey man, can you give me a hand to? I've got to move house, or, or my mum needs a hand moving house." Now, if I check my diary and I don't have anything on, and so really the only reason I I would say no is because I I don't really feel like it. Because let's be honest, who really feels like it? For me, it's important that I say yes. It's important to me in, in what it means for me to be nice is to go, well, if I can, I should. And I can, so I will. And I will feel bad about having not, quote unquote, been nice if I say no and then just sit around and sip my tea while you go and help your mum move house. So it's about how you carry yourself and you get to make those decisions. You can try and make these rules like don't lie, but we all know sometimes we need to bend the truth a little bit for whatever reason. And so it's, it's, you navigate that. And it's for me, it's a North Star about about behaving and trying to recognizing when you go off course and we all do and then pulling yourself back in line. So over the course of a whole life of trying to do this with some big mistakes and some and plenty of little ones and all that sort of thing, but a general trend towards trying to do the right thing, I think the best benefit I've had has always been in the long term. It's been in the people who have had the time to see the way that you act with integrity and then something you couldn't have predicted 10 years ago when you first came into their orbit comes your way by virtue of the fact that someone has spoken positively of you to someone else, to someone else, and then it's come back to you and then all of a sudden an opportunity has presented itself that you had no real part in directly, but because of the way that people have been able to come back and go, he's still doing it, he's still like this, five people have had the same interactions with him over a long period of time, that good things have been able to happen. And so I always encourage probably that longer term view. Mm-hmm. In, the, in, the, in, the, in the column of where it doesn't work out so well, being nice or or taking the high road where I'm trying not to be like a smarmy, narky, 
hang shit on people kind of person. I'm trying not to get my back up about stuff and then get on and just air dirty laundry because I'm having a bad day or do that sort of thing. That high road thing where you, you could you could go and get in a fight, but you're trying not to be someone who gets in a fight. You, you don't want to pull in other people's business into why something might be going wrong for you. Taking the high road is difficult and which is why it's impressive when people do it. And in that space, trying to do the right thing and take the high road, I have, I suppose, I've been ripped off. I've left money on the table. You know, things have gone poorly. There's been stuff where I've gone home and worn a lot of frustration because I've just wanted to just chew someone out about their terrible behavior. And then, but I've realized, well, what's that going to achieve? And what am I really going to do? And how does that help me? And in the, and in the time and the processing of trying to do that, I think you wear a lot of, it, it, it creates a lot of wear and tear on your on your on your guts and on how you are because sometimes you're just steaming and you just want to do that thing you want to break something or and not doing it which is what I would consider to be the right thing in those circumstances has created more stress less less financial advantage it's meant that there's things that you can't do because you've got ethical considerations and you're not prepared to break them even though there might be an easy buck here or an easy win here or you might be able to chop someone out from the legs over here without them even knowing but you just go i probably shouldn't because it's not the right thing to do and so in that space i think you do carry a burden when you make a choice every time to go this time i'm going to be the bigger person this time i'm going to walk away this time i'm going to do the harder thing but the right thing uh even when things are difficult and so that's probably the negative side of having aspirations to live a, I suppose, a life of some integrity and, and, and strong character in that space. Yeah. You talk about making choices. What, what do you feel has been the most difficult choice you've had to make in your life? Well, my not in my organization, what we do at the Just Be Nice project is, is, is a couple of things. The one thing is that we work with people who need help until they're housed, employed and have good mental health outcomes. We work in communities to remove barriers to housing, employment and good mental health outcomes. And the way that we do that, or the way that we're resourced, I should say, is that individuals and organizations put their hands up and they say, we want to do some good. We don't know how to do it or we want to do it better. Come and help us. And we go in, audit them and we say, don't tell us what you think you can do to help. We'll tell you what you can do to help. And we're going to get you helping by doing what you're good at. We're going to integrate with the way that you do your business. So we're looking for a long-term sort of thing that benefits you and gives us access to these great resources that you've got that we've identified. Now, every single day, that is the hardest way to try and get people involved. The easiest way, the easiest way is the same way you see every other sort of charitable organization go about it, which is pop up a sad story, get an emotional photo or testimonial, ask people for some money, maybe, you know, given the things that I'm sort of good at in my aptitudes, I'd go for long runs all the time. I'd talk about, I'd go and be visible hugging people who are clearly disadvantaged and do all that. And we would we would have no trouble raising money. And we could also adjust our mission to just raise awareness of those issues instead of actually committing to taking someone all the way through and helping them because it requires zero infrastructure, no effort. And well, not no effort, but little to no effort. And 
I could do all of that and my life would be heaps easier, way easier, a million times easier, not dealing with the complexities of all these different kinds of disadvantage. You don't have the burden of responsibility of trying to sort that out. Selling it into organizations is much easier because they they literally cannot be bothered with the complexity of even going. So it's not just rock up for a day and knock up a bird box or pack some lunches or something. It's something, we don't get it. We're just going to go do this easy thing that we've seen in the paper or on the telly. So the hardest choice that I make every day and have been making for you know a decade now, whatever, is to commit to getting a, a great outcome for the people who need a great outcome as opposed to what's the easiest way to engage people in an idea or get them to put their hands in their pockets or get businesses to sign up for something. Because one of the huge things we're battling is that is quite easy, but it does a terrible job of helping people who really need help. And so we've made this commitment to try and take the high road, the difficult road, and be committed to not just doing good, but the way that it's done and the way it's talked about. And mate, 100% that has made life a thousand times more difficult just by making that sort of commitment at the beginning. Mm-hmm. Well, well done. It's, <laughs> that's 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 quite a task. So, if we're to, if we were to bring it down into um, perhaps more of a onto more of a personal level, do you feel that a big struggle for let let's say men at the moment, mm-hmm. big struggle for men at the moment is trying to establish this balance of knowing when to be selfish and knowing when to be selfless. Mm-hmm. Excuse me. <clears throat> Pardon me. You okay. I, I don't I don't think they're mutually exclusive in that selfishness, if you interpret it, I guess, as just doing things that are solely for you or just you know, relate only to you. Sometimes things that people might people might assign things to that selfish category that I, I perhaps wouldn't, if they're in aid of being a better person to your friends to your community i don't think everyone needs some grand purpose and to go and start the just be nice project to feel like they're doing some good in the world and in fact i actively tell people not to do it like the, frankly most of the people listening they're not going to know enough they're not going to be able to do it and it's it's not for everyone and that's okay that's why we're here to help people have a chance to do those broader things but what you can do is be really good to the people around you and if more people just did that if they were if they had a bit more emotional space and a bit more time to put into paying attention to their close friends and family and the people they work with then and and then maybe a little bit of you know time and effort to be able to assist them if they need a hand and just hang in there for the long for the long haul long enough to build up good trust and understanding between people and and then show up for them then the world would be a much much better place a much more understanding place and so to do that, to be able to show up, you know, the old saying is you can't pour from an empty cup. Well, you've got to do some things for yourself so that you can show up for other people. Now, there are people who do things for themselves with no intention of ever showing up for anybody else. They're just doing it for themselves. They're only, they're only out for number one. That's it. And in that case, I don't think it matters really what else you're doing. If that's your mindset, almost everything you do by definition is very selfish. But if you're trying to find time to go to the gym, maintain a, a, a training routine, eat well, um, have some nights off, get to bed early instead of doing some things, maybe take some time to read some books or do that sort of stuff. 
in aid of being a better person for the people around you, then I don't think it's selfish that you're just doing things on your own or things that help maintain your ability to function at a higher level with a bit more space. So I think that that because a lot of the way that the internet makes conversations is so very, it's so partisan all the time, you're either all this or all that, go to the gym or you're fat phobic, or, you know, if you take time for yourself, you're leaving people behind or you've got to do everything together or, or you're being selfish. Well, I don't, I don't subscribe to that because in reality, things are a lot more nuanced and, and life has rhythms of different loads from different areas of your life and you have to navigate them and you have to manage them. So whatever you've got to do to make sure that you can, if you're doing it in aid of showing up better for people around you and being a better person and, and being able to sort of look after people a bit better and be a better person to the people around you, do a better job, know more things, do you know high quality work, that sort of stuff then I don't think it's selfish to find out how to manage your life in a way that that gives you time and space to do those things as well. So I think people do find attention because they don't, they're, they're sucked into this idea that you've got to do some enormous purposeful thing in your life that has to have a huge label, affect millions of people or else what's the point. And my message is always, if you are just going to the gym, working, doing your things to show up for your friends, your family, and, and your sort of small community with which you engage every day at work and when you get where you get your coffee from and maybe where you play your sport and that sort of thing, you are having a very, you have the opportunity to have a really impactful life over the 30, 40 years, 50 years of being a grown up in that sort of, in that sort of space. Yeah, And so whatever you've got to do to maintain that, you should be able to do it without feeling guilty about it and without feeling like you're not getting after a big enough, purposeful enough, impactful enough sort of outcome. Mm -hmm. Yeah, totally agree. You need to be more selfless to be, sorry, all the way around. You need to become more selfish to become more selfless. You know, if you can invest that time and energy in yourself, first you're going to have that for others who come into your yeah. life during the course of the day or during the course of the week or months or years. And from your perspective, just going back to something you mentioned there about being nicer, being kinder to other people, what do you feel are some of the biggest barriers there that <laughs> cause a detriment to that connection or to that being nice approach? For For me, I think, a lot of people are afraid of being taken advantage of, or a lot of people are afraid of being rejected. A lot of people are also being, they're being influenced by previous experiences in their life where they were nice to somebody or they had good friends and they betrayed them or they hurt them in some way. So then they're, they're very cagey around people now. There's a, there's a, I feel at the moment there's a massive issue of trust, maybe especially for men. In, in the world, which of course can create barriers to these real life, meaningful connections. What's your perspective on that? Matt, I, I would echo your sentiment that there is a, there's a bit of a crisis of, of trust. Uh, I think that's fundamental to being able to have an impactful life. We, we, we often talk about trust. You can have all the answers, but if the if the person that you're speaking to doesn't trust you, they're not going to lean into those answers anyway, and they're not going to 
give you all the information you need to be able to give them good feedback or information. And, and that's true um, in a professional capacity as much as it is true in a personal capacity. And so we get this really high level thing where you know people are able to post platitudes without ever really being someone that their friends can lean on and doing that sort of thing because it's easy to put up an Instagram post that says, guys, you know, we've got to care more about stuff, which is just me wanting everyone to pay more attention to me in some fashion. And I don't feel like I get enough of it from my friends, but am I, but I might not be someone that actually shows up for their friends in any meaningful way, really either workplaces are and, and governments are often prone to looking for checkbox answers to these problems, but you could have again. You can have the best answers, but the trust is what is what builds that connection. So, patience is probably lacking. I think from all of this, you you need to have patience in your relationships. You need to have patience in in the results you're trying to get in your life. Um, you need to respect. You need to respect effort in order to also aspire to having it. Which means you've got to sometimes go that person has just put in an abnormal amount of work and I have to, and I respect it. I respect, I respect expertise. I respect this effort because if you ever hope to be respected for yours, you really should be already setting up yourself to, to be able to recognize it and respect it in others. And I don't think we do a good job of that. I think people are prone to, again, just getting a couple of quick TikToks and a quick Google and yell about something for three weeks and then, and then, they're on to the next thing. And so again, there's that patience. Like do you have the patience to stick at those things? Do you have the patience to stay engaged and interested? Because your friends can see and the people around you can see when you're flaky about what you care about. And it makes it hard to believe that Pete, who is flaky about everything, who's been through every fad, everything, every whatever, is going to be able to show up for me and give me any insight that isn't just related to his latest fad because I don't really know what he's about because he doesn't really know what he's about. He's never really committed fully to paying attention. So it's gonna we're going to have a problem with getting great amount of trust between us anyway because I'm always a bit sus on whatever it is is, is his thing du jour. And so relaxing about that consistency and, and, and taking a bit of pride in it. People used to be so proud to work for the same place for 30 years, to do the same job for ages, to do a trade. You know, I, I did a trade and you know, I'm working with guys who've been doing the same job for 30, 40 years and they're better than the guys who've been doing it for 10. That's the great thing. We don't go, oh, well, I've finished my apprenticeship. I'm the same as you. I go, I finished my apprenticeship. We have the same qualification, but you've been doing this 50 years. You know more than me about this job. And so when you can sort of have that that acknowledgement in your life somewhere it gives them a little bit of a chance to sort of have some agency in that space you feel like you've got some people to lean on and you can look up to and and go to for better quality advice to ask about things you haven't seen before when everyone's running around like they're an expert on everything that also makes that's a barrier to conversations it's a barrier to getting insight i'd ask my my granddad this but who doesn't even know how to use facebook so what would he know well, probably he knows some stuff if you bothered to give him a chance to chat about it. And it's probably not about Google, but it's about something else. And so then then you, the other thing you touched on in there is is about, you know, being too nice and being taken advantage of. But I'll put it, put it this way. If you, if you have a kid 
like you ever concerned you loved them too much and they took advantage of you like that you loved your kid too much and you tried too hard and then they would they didn't appreciate it so you go wow well what a waste of my life being a loving caring father who who tried it's silly you know you ever do you ever think like oh if i picked up some rubbish off the ground and no one saw it and no one said anything it's wasted no because you get to hold your head up high based on how you carry yourself and so unless i mean you can be angry about it you can get taken for a ride absolutely that can happen people can take take your things they can say horrible stuff about you they can lie they can cheat they can steal i think because of that you have to believe that you cannot be too nice because people can do whatever they want to do and take whatever they want to take but if it's not true then you're going to be able to at least lean on the truth even if it's just for yourself. And I don't know about you, but the things that upset me the most if someone tries to offend me are not the things that are like blatantly a thousand percent untrue. It's always the things that are a little bit true. They go, oh, you're looking a bit fat at the moment. If I'm feeling a bit fat, I'm like, God, you know, you got me. Like, I'm so angry about it. I'm so annoyed because I already know I'm a bit fat and I don't like it or whatever. Or, you know, your head's a bit big. You know, I can't really help that. But if I've missed the boat on something or if I haven't done something and someone someone manages to poke that thing, that's much more upsetting to me than if someone goes, oh, you're a blonde idiot. And I go, I'm not even blonde. Like that's the stupidest, that's the stupidest thing you could say. I, I couldn't care less. It's only the stuff with a little bit of truth in it. So if you carry yourself in a way that you can reflect on what people say and it might in the moment upset you or they do the wrong thing, if you can just keep reflecting on yourself and go, I'm carrying myself the way I want to carry myself, good times or bad times, then you can always feel good that your character is improving along the way. If everything else is being taken away from you, you're left at least like as someone who can who can fall back on who they are. When you start giving yourself up in those moments, doesn't matter if they only took five bucks because you're going to be devastated later on that you turned into this horrible person that you didn't actually want to be. And now you've got to live with that forever instead of someone took $500,000, but I walked away a strong person, a good person doing what I knew was right. And I can say unequivocally that that other person is definitely a piece of shit and I'm definitely okay. That's all you can hang on to because you're not getting your money back just because you were good or right or anything like that. And it's absolutely possible for people to take it and run. How do you sleep at night by doing by knowing that you car- you can carry yourself in that fashion, even in the face of great adversity, which means you really are like that. You're not just a fair weather good person or a fair weather strong person or a, a fair weather person with an integrity. You can maintain it when it, things are really difficult. People see that, people trust you, they lean into you. You're able to be honest with yourself, which means you're able to be honest with other people. And because that all facilitates great connection between people who know who they are and so can connect with other people who know who they are. And as real people, not pretend people, not the fake bits of people that we want, that we sometimes show each other, then you can really connect and understand one another. And then you build those really good relationships those really good supportive relationships and environments that's true with your friends with your partners with your family whatever so i think the honesty the carrying yourself and 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 building your character that way and then being able to form those those deep connections will help you endure any time that somebody takes the piss basically because you're only guaranteed that people will take the piss at some point someone will it's going to happen so 
how, how are you going to work your way through it? Because in the end, 10 years later, how you carried yourself is what you're going to reflect on and go, all right, I'm, I'm really pleased that I didn't flip out and do the wrong thing then. Yeah. There's also a balance there, just as I referred to earlier, about being selfish and selfless to a situation like that where you've been taken advantage of in some way, where there's a balance of being critical towards yourself or being compassionate towards yourself. And what I was thinking there is, yeah, that's about being nice to yourself in those situations. And again, it's about striking that balance. And being honest with yourself. If you want to not make the same mistakes, you've got to really be honest. And if you're someone who is a bit wishy-washy about how you do things, it's always difficult to go back and audit how you ended up in that spot because you, you've acted differently a hundred times. If, you, if you're pretty consistent, like say you've got a training program and you've been doing it to the letter and not getting the results that you want, you might, if you go back to the program and you go, okay, so my, my chest is terrible and you look at it and you're like, well, I know exactly what I've been doing. And so now I can change it because I can go back and say, all right, well, I've been doing it last. I should do it first. I've been doing it once. I should do it three times. I've been doing one exercise. I'll do four. And then I'll see what happens. There's no guarantee it's going to work amazingly well, but you can reflect on it. If you get ripped off, you, if you're consistent in what you do, you look back and you go, well, I've always done this. I've always conducted myself like this. I've always been honest, oh, yeah, blah, 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 blah. Where have I perhaps left the door open for someone to take the piss? And if you're consistent, it's a lot easier to do that audit. If you're all over the shop, you go, well, it could be the time that I yelled at them and told them they were shit that one time. Now I thought we got over it. I thought we got over it, but maybe that was the time. Or if, you know, I went and did this thing and then they, they just went, oh, we don't respect that guy because he did this thing. Or we, yeah. If you can attribute it to 10 different things, maybe it's very difficult to work out what you're not going to do next time to avoid feeling like you're in a vulnerable position. And that's where that consistency helps and that understanding of what you're about and that honesty with yourself about how you got in those circumstances. Mm -hmm. And from your own journey, do you feel you've got to this point of promoting being nice? Is that is that from experiences in your own life that you've actually witnessed people being nice to you in your moments of need? Or is it more based on the pain of being taken advantage of or people not being nice to you, do you feel? I I I never had like an epiphanous moment where I went, oh, this is what I gotta do. And I do think there is a difference between being nice, which is about how you carry yourself and doing good, which is about getting the a good outcome for somebody else. I can give you I could give you a pen <clears throat> just out of the blue and that might be me being nice, but has it done any good for you? You're like, dude, I've got 50 pens. It makes no difference to me. So I haven't really done good. I just wasn't, I didn't, I was nice because I had an extra pen. I thought I gave my life this pen. Like, you know what I mean? I haven't really done good because you're just going to throw it in the bucket and whatever. But if you said, oh man, I'm, I'm really, I'm struggling. Uh, I'm short on cash and my car's busted or whatever. And I come and I fix the car and we get your budget on track and it might take a few weeks and whatever. And then you're, you're level footed again. I've done good because you got to that good outcome. I could have done one thing. I could have just flicked you some stuff for the car. That's me being nice. But because I haven't 
given any any mind to whether or not you got to an outcome. I haven't really done heaps of good because it's easy to just flick bits of stuff at people and, and be nice like that without actually doing good for them. And so I've always been really mindful of what people do as opposed to what they say. And I think that I probably developed a bit of that growing up in a, in a household with quite a lot of uncertainty because we were very poor. Um, there was, you know, my old man battled with addictions his whole life. And then, you know, we had a bit of, we had a violent house. And so he was, he was abusive uh, in the house and, and violent um, towards my mother and towards myself. Um, I've got two younger siblings and, and they sort of, they dodged it, which, which was, which was good. But I've said before, you know, when you, when you, when your father tells you that he loves you, but he punches you in the face, you worry less about what people say. You just go, okay, how easy to say a thing and do the complete opposite. And so when you learn that when you're young, you, I think for me, it just set me up to say, right, I, I have to do my way out of this circumstance and I have to do my way out of turning out like that. Because I could say, I don't like that. I could say I'm disappointed. I could say I don't want to be that person. But if I do those things, then I then what difference does it matter what I say? So you can speak things as part of your aspiration, but you have to do them. And if the if you had a choice between talking about them and doing them, <clears throat> I would do them every time. And so knowing that no matter what you do, no matter how hard you try, no matter how much effort you put in, no matter how often you try and do the right thing, you will make mistakes and the boat will be rocked. So you need to know how far off course you've been knocked by having an idea of what that sort of North Star forward direction looks like for you so that you can continue to do things in the right direction. And that has enabled me to endure with no small degree of frustration and difficulty and annoyance, all of those things that could be interpreted as being taken advantage of or, you know, ripped off or treated poorly or whatever, um, because everyone's got a version of it. Everyone's got versions of being treated poorly. Everyone gets let down by people they care, they care about. People, systematic global things happen that are beyond your control that, take the wind out of your sails or, or knock you for six and leave you sort of hanging in the breeze going, oh, I had a great plan and what's happened. All, all you can do at the end of it is go, how, how did I do? Did I do the things I needed to do so that I can reflect on them? And so that's, I take that attitude into my friendships and my relationships with my family where I do the things I'm there. I show up, I make an effort. I pay attention when I need a hand up there, if people need, if I can do it, I do it. That's it. And it's the same for work and it's the same for those sorts of things. And I know that people will act in their own best interest. That's one thing that I've learned is that it's very rare to find people who will put their own self-interest second or third. That's a rare person. So when push comes to shove and you can have great friends and then they can feel under pressure and they can feel like it's, you know, chop the rope and let you hang or or they'll hang and save you. That a lot of people will just leave you to hang. They'll just go, I'm out. Sorry, mate, but I've got to do it. I'm too stressed. I can't deal, whatever. 
okay. In my mind, I go, you have to sleep at night knowing you left your best mate hanging. That's on you. I did the right thing. I stood there the whole time. And when I finally got down and I finally had to deal with it, you know, like I'm okay. Same thing with, with, you know, with relationships or whatever. And sometimes you, you're the one who's done the wrong thing. Sometimes you're the one who's taken the piss and you've got to be able to look at it and go, I didn't carry myself like the best version of what I think myself, what I think I could be. And you have to be unhappy with that. And that's okay too. It's okay to be unhappy with yourself. If you're prepared to, again, do something differently next time or try to at least. And it might be three, four, five different iterations of trying to work it out before you go, actually, this is the way that I want to deal with circumstances like that. But you have to be able to reflect and go, that that wasn't good. That's not, no, that's definitely not my best. Let's go again. Okay, I, that wasn't either. Let's try again. And then when you find it, you go, this is what I'm supposed to do. Carry on like that. And that's how I've always tried to audit audit my life and audit my behavior it's against the kind of this idea of the best version of myself and what that person would do and that what myself in sort of 10 years reflecting back would go right i'm glad you did that instead i'm glad you did a instead of b or c i'm glad you made those choices i'm glad you acted in that way um and that helps me and it helps you get past like the significance of minor inconveniences along the way too because I'm not even going to remember that I helped you move house in 10 years, to be honest. I'm probably not really going to be thinking about it. I'm going to be like, you're going to say, remember we moved house? And I go, oh yeah, that's right. That was, yeah, that was just a day. We just moved some stuff and drank a beer. I'm pretty sure like it will seem like not a big deal when in the moment I was like, oh, I'm going to be so inconvenienced for 12 hours or whatever, you know? Mm -hmm. That uh, relationship with your father does seem to have had uh, a ripple effect onto the type of work you do today. And, and, interesting what you said there about you pay a lot more attention to what people do versus what people say and your father tells you he loves you but then he punches you in the face and you feel that that's been a massive influence in your life yeah i think equally strong has been the fact that i have always almost by definition just that i'm sitting here talking to you now doing this and and where i am and, and doing what i do and now, by no means at the at the top of the pile or anything. I just I just put along doing what I'm what I'm doing, and it's not easy. But you know, we carry on. And otherwise, apart from that being a difficult job to do and having a lot of stress and all that sort of stuff, you know, I live in a beautiful place, and and I'm I'm quite lucky in that regard. I've got great friends and and close with my family and all that sort of stuff. I've had enough support my whole like at every at every juncture at every difficult juncture. I've had enough support just enough support, just enough opportunity to, to get through those difficult times. And so I don't take credit for being, um, you know, a lot of people will tell you the story about how they got through everything. I only am, am po- It's only possible through the strength of all the things and the people and the opportunities that are around me. And so in, in, in the JBN project, what I want to do is make sure everyone has that support. It's not about telling everybody the tricks they need to do to get through difficult times. It's about making sure they have all the things around them that will get them through those difficult times. And of course you have to navigate them and, and you sort of have to keep taking those steps, but they're made so much easier with the right people around you with good people, with people that you do trust and good examples of people and enough time and space to feel a bit rubbish for a bit and then come good and enough agency to feel like you can keep doing things and enough pats on the back and enough 
feelings of getting things done and all that sort of stuff. And so I got that from 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 you know, my mum who who was amazing and and my friends and my friends' families and you know the people that I played footy with and all that sort of stuff. They 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 provided the environment that allowed me to keep going through. What some people are missing is that supportive environment. It's that opportunity. It is those, it's those very material necessary things that give them the chance to get through things, problems, challenges, like the kinds of problems and challenges that I've been through and so many have been through. And so at the other end, my message isn't do everything that I did because I'm amazing and I just got through it all on my own. My message is I I can I can look around my whole life on any given month and go, I'm still going because of all of these people and things and opportunities. And my aspiration is that everybody has those as much as they keep being able to take a step forward at a time. And I know how critical it is that you trust the environment that you're in to be able to lean into that assistance and listen to people and keep moving forward. And that's why, that's why, you know, we want to be nice and we want to build people with great character and and, and integrity and great strong relationships because it's necessary to keep people going in the amount of time you need to go from a really challenging circumstance to being okay. They take a long time. It takes years to get over things. It takes years to get back on your feet from all, all manner of challenges. So how do we broaden our horizons and have the patience um, and build that trust and take the, the tendency towards big grand aspirations that, are so big that you can completely avoid actually doing anything meaningful in a, to the people and communities around you because you're like in aid of this huge thing you're talking about. Like, oh, I do a million this. Or you could just look after the five people that are around you and make sure everyone's okay. And that's probably going to do more, to be honest, in the, in the long yeah, run. Of course, yeah. Those five people are going to impact another five people, which impact another five people. And yeah, it has a catalyst to change the world potentially so yeah. there's uh yeah just on that in terms of the support that you had something to be truly grateful for and and uh i understand the significance of it but i also feel that there's a don't know if you agree you probably will that there's a loneliness epidemic in the world mm. today especially for <clears throat> men and men do not seek that support a lot of lone wolfing it in life how do we break through that it's uh there's a couple of things one is that i would say like lone lone wolfing is it's not natural so you can you can say i want to move i'm going to lone wolf i don't need anybody but you know for instance work with with um juvenile offenders of people in prison people who've come out of prison the worst thing you can do to someone is not put them in a room with other violent offenders and lock the door the worst thing you could do is take them out of that room and stick them in a room on their own that's why solitary confinement is the worst part of the prison because people are not designed to be on their own we're not we're not about it that's not that's not it doesn't it doesn't serve our biology in any meaningful way you just you just go a bit nuts that's what happens and you can fill it with the kind of i guess distractions when you're not in solitary confinement obviously you don't have uh, tiktok and stuff in in solitary confinement so you you're not sitting there just watching videos and doing these things but 
but the premise is still the same that being on your own is not is not good and so if we have people near us that are doing that we should be mindful that that's not good for them and be confident that we can with confidence make an effort to make sure they're not on their own all the time despite their sort of protests and it might take a while just like when people say oh i don't like training or i don't like reading or i don't like this and all right well slowly slowly you don't have to do what the the best people in the world do but also definitely 100 percent, it's not good to be on your own all the time so i'm just going to make an effort and and my commitment is to make an effort for someone who's feeling like isolating for a while which we've all been there we've all had those moments i'm sure and we've all seen our friends do it and so you should have confidence that it's the right thing to do to make an effort to make sure they're not on their own, despite them saying, oh, I just don't want to be on my own. Like, mate, you're mostly on your own. If I see you for an hour, you're still 23 hours on your own. Relax, you're mostly on your own. It's just an hour. And then take it from there. I think with men, and a lot of the time with, with just trying to build good relationships, you if you're someone who's listening to this and thinks, I want to be a good friend, um, go first. Go first. I always say to people that I can I could tell you, Gav, I could say, listen, mate, we're just at a party. I'm sitting here with, we're having a few drinks. There's eight of us. And I could say, Gav, mate, I don't care. If you're naked, I, whatever it looks like, whatever's going on under there, mate, I'm totally fine with it. It will not bother me. It will not upset me. I'm here to give you comments on whatever you want, give you a little bit of help with it, whatever. You can just be totally naked. It's all good. Like I'm, I'm, I'm telling you, mate, anytime you want to be naked, it's fine. And we're sitting around, there's eight of us and we're all fully clothed. What are the chances you're just going to walk in naked? Like that'd, very that'd, low. That'd be some very party, vulnerable. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> you're going to walk in and be like, okay, look, I appreciate that you've told me you don't mind that I, I want to be naked. But first of all, you're fully dressed and you're sitting there saying it's cool, but I'm, I, why would I want to be naked in in front of you being naked. Now, if I had my shirt off and I said, come on, mate, take your shirt off. Like, let's have a look. Let's see what's going on. You'd be like, all right, what? it's less of a big deal. It's the same when you want to talk to people about what's going on in their lives. People don't want to burden each other with the details of their lives sometimes, but it's all of us. Go if, you, if you're prepared to go first and say, this week, I was absolutely putrid. I didn't want to have sex with my girlfriend at all. I feel terrible about it. She's nagging me. I can't be bothered. I'm tired. I snapped at my kid. I told him he was a dickhead. I feel bad about that. I've been sitting at work. I've done nothing all week. I've just stared at the computer, faffed around, pretended I was doing some stuff. I'm all over the shop. I don't really feel like it's a long-term thing, but this last week was really, I was putrid. I was, a, you know, it was horrible. And then you go, okay, I'm prepared to tell you a few things about what I've been doing because you've told me. I'm no longer the only naked person in the room. But someone has to go first. Someone has to start with, yeah, yeah, this thing happened to me and it wasn't great and I don't feel great about it. Or I've been thinking about this. And and it doesn't have to be even straight up. You can you can mince around the point a little bit like sometimes we do, you know, like that's okay. But you've got to make an effort so that you're not telling the people that you want to open up to you to be naked in a room full of clothed people. It's because it, it just doesn't work that way. And by going first, sometimes, sometimes if you've got an inkling of what might be wrong with someone or, or going on in their life, sometimes you talking about it gives them the language they need that they don't have to talk about it to. So 
feeling, you know, just have a go. Like, oh, is it feeling a bit much? Sometimes the walls will feel like they're closing in. I can't leave the house without my heart feeling like it's going to pump out of my chest or I haven't slept well for a few days and I feel in all sorts and I've been drinking coffees or I've, I've been drinking too much every day. I've been sleeping terribly. I feel like shit. And then by the time I start to feel okay, I just start drinking again. And and then and then you might be able to have that conversation. But but amongst people trying to do those things, and and drag their their lone wolf mates out of it and and establish that you've just got to be prepared to tell people what's going on and if it's the truth you shouldn't be embarrassed about the truth because we all go through whatever it is we've all had the we've all been drunk and said the wrong thing we've all called our exes we've all treated someone poorly we've all we've all yelled at someone in traffic that we shouldn't have yelled at we've all pushed in front of someone in the line we've all we've all taken someone home and been terrible just performed terribly and embarrassing embarrass ourselves and all that kind of stuff we've all looked when we've we've all had haircuts we're embarrassed of and shirts that were terrible and followed football teams that suck and had terrible games and we've all done all of these things and we felt terrible about them and we've all cried sometimes we've all we've all felt loss but if no one can bring it up first the, the bringing it up first is a massive act of love for the person that you're with. It's a massive act. It's a brave thing to do because it gives them permission to start to, to meet you in the middle as well. And so if we get better at that, then, then we get better at, again, that sort of honest reflection and that honest support for one another. And then people seem people are, um, are more prepared to open up, but someone has to go first. And so if you're listening to this, I would just encourage you, whoever you are to, to go first, to be one of those people that makes that effort to, to make it a bit more comfortable. Um, and it feels good for you too. It, it, it might not feel like it is. You might be like, no, I want to help. I don't want to dump my burdens on this person. I get that. And, I, and I'm not saying you should post it on Facebook and tell the world, but I'm saying you should have good conversations with people where you're honest with them. And if you do it regularly, it's actually not that deep because you're just checking in. I've got friends I speak to probably five times a week. And because we check in so regularly, when something's a bit off or goes off, they just mention it. We don't have to start with childhood trauma every time. It's just like, oh, God, the wife this week or the kids or, oh, God, I just... I had a friend say to me a little while ago and he goes, I don't... This week, I just don't feel like I want to... Like I want to be a dad. And I feel terrible that I think that. He's like, I just... I feel like I don't want to... I don't know. I don't like it this week. And I like, I love my kids, but I don't know if I want to be a dad. I just, I'm over it this week. And I, and he's like, but I'm, I'm having this crazy anxiety that I feel this way because yuck, <laughs> you know, well, maybe we just talk about it in a couple of weeks. It passed. It was just a moment and that's okay. And that's it. That was the deal. We just had a moment, but that's a horrible thing to just have to sit with and stress about on your own. Of course. So yeah. You know, if you if you talk regularly and you bring it up and you go first, I think you you can you can cross some of those barriers. And if you, if people have the confidence and can take the confidence away from things like this, where say it's definitely worth it, definitely make the effort. People shouldn't be on their own. And you talking about your stuff, not in aid of just burying people with your problems all the time, but in aid of leveling the playing field a little bit for people to open up into, they're good practices. They're not tricks, they're practices. You have to do them regularly. But if you do them regularly, you, you can overcome a lot of those sort of challenges that I think people feel. Yeah. Yeah. It's a great point. It, you'll carry that with you. You'll carry that anxiety or that sadness or that anger with you 
in your life if you don't share it with somebody else. And then, of course, because it's suppressed in some way, it's going to express itself in some other destructive way in your life. You know, you're going to maybe use some other device or strategy to soothe the the mm. pain of the anxiety or the pain of the difficulty you've been experiencing. Just like a friend about uh, being a dad, you know, that's, that, that's a pretty difficult emotion to hold on to. And the guilt and the anxiety that's entangled within that could have been brought somewhere else that could have led to more dire consequences in his in his life and his relationship and his in his parenting. So, yeah, that is um, such an important thing to be able to have friends to share that with. And I've experienced myself when I've opened up to friends and just taken that bold leap of faith. Mm. I remember opening up to one of my friends a few years ago, but a problem I have with porn, like a porn addiction. And next thing you know, he's telling me about his problem with porn. Mm. I never knew anything about And it's instilled like a deep level connection that that's, that's still there today. So instead of the surface level stuff, you know, talking about football teams or talking about women or talking about just futile things that happen in everyday life, if you can go a little bit deeper, it embeds, such a such an important connection that may stay with you for the rest of your life and you become more connected within yourself as others are connecting with you you know it's this the you know you're being validated for your feelings you're you're not being judged you're mm. you've got people on your side as opposed to you feeling like you're against the whole world or that the whole world is against you and that's a very as i said lonely place to be and i think that's where a lot of people are stuck at the moment yeah, and I think that the longer you leave it, the 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 more intense it seems, <clears throat> the bigger it seems, the bigger the sort of shadow in the room or whatever, because you have, haven't talked about it for ages and ages. And one of the things about mental health in particular that I, I like to tell people is like it's not it's not an absence of bad days. It's not an absence of feeling sad about stuff or feeling grumpy or whatever. What I'm trying to do when I'm trying to look after the mental health of the people around me is I'm just trying to prevent them stringing too many shitty days together in a row. That's it. You're going to have one, two. Sometimes you have 10. It's going to happen. But I don't want them to become 20 before you say something. And I want to be on board knowing what's going on for the last five of those 10 shitty days. Just to like, because I know I'm going to put a bit more time in try a few, you know, do a few other things, try and help you out however I can so that we get to the end of it at some point. And I'm not saying we've got to race to the end of the poor days because some things are pretty tragic and some things are pretty difficult and they take a long time to get over. But I don't want you to have 50 solitary bad days until you just feel like then you're going to explode. So if you're going to have the bad days, I want them to you to share them with me. And I don't, I want to make sure that you're not stringing too many terrible days together without some good stuff happening in there as well and without some support. And that's it because you can't prevent the bad days. All you can do is just be there for them and and try your best to be someone who helps them, you know, <clears throat> level it out or move it back up again after a while. And again, I think that takes the pressure off like having a conversation and feeling like you've got to solve everything at the time. It's just all right, my mate's going through a bit of a hectic breakup. I'll probably speak to him every day this week instead of every few days or once a week. If he's saying, I'm going to get drunk and go to the strippers, I might say, why don't you just come over here, mate? I'll cook you some dinner because you're just going to, you're going to get in trouble doing that. I know you, I know what you're going to do. You're going to do something terrible. And and I've, 
as a good friend, I'm going to say, come here, mate. Don't let's not do that. Let's, let's come here. Let's chill out. We'll watch a movie or something. So you don't do something that you're going to regret tomorrow. It's those sorts of things. It's just trying not to string them together. And then when they're having good days, it's like it's 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 pumping people up. It's it's keeping them rolling, hopefully, and being a part of that, being a positive part of that as well. Yeah, yeah. It's within that connection as well. You can become more aware to the person's behaviors and actions. I know you've written about awareness before, but being the lowest lowest part of impact or the. Oh uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. But you know, it it does begin begin there i feel in terms of on being aware of your own difficulties and sharing that with somebody and then as they yep. share theirs with you you become aware of their behaviors and difficulties and you can sort of catch that in in the person such as as you mentioned your friend going to the stripper joint you know that he's running away from something or that he's he has some underlying issue or pain that that needs to be shared with you so you invite him over to your house and over a period of time you have the conversation so he doesn't fall into that pit and in, in, in the and you know with his own behaviors being influenced by the underlying pain that's not being processed or not being shared so yeah yeah so important man it, it's impossible to write a checklist of all the ways that you can tell if someone's having a bad time you have to pay attention so that you're aware of changes it's the changes in people that are the clues and you can only know if someone's changing if you're paying attention to them like with a reasonable amount of regularity it's mm. one of the reasons why a workplace with people is a great privilege because you get this free chance to keep an eye on people and have people keep an eye on you um, but if no one pays attention to one another you can't notice changes and then if you don't notice changes you can't you can't be a part of the preventing too many terrible days getting strung together so Absolutely. You're 100% right. The, the, the more you're doing that, and, and because it's a it's a over time thing, you can't substitute a thousand daily interactions between the two of us with a thousand interactions on one day with, say, strangers on the internet. Yeah, It's technically sure. the same number of interactions, but our thousand days of interactions between um, you and me is much more meaningful and powerful and and there's much more opportunity in that and you can build so much more you feel so much more out of it so much more meaning and opportunity in in a thousand days between a thousand interactions between us than one day when for whatever reason a thousand people come to the youtube page or your instagram page whatever and they they say oh hey man rah, rah. i mean that's a lovely day sure but that's not the same and it's not even like it's not even close to the same thing yeah so if you can do that you've got you if you've got your gav who you can talk to a thousand times in a thousand days you're winning that's amazing that's fantastic mm -hmm. that's right it goes back to that selfishness versus selflessness as well i mean yeah. i think a lot of people are caught up in their own difficulties and turmoil and their own internal shit that they've feel completely overwhelmed with that already so they don't want to then take on somebody else's burden mm. but that's again the the selfishness part where you're looking after yourself first and making sure that you're processing whatever difficulties you're you're experiencing in your own life and you can leave that behind or manage that in some way so you can then as i said show up for someone else and you know establish a, a meaningful conversation and friendship or connection with somebody else because you've become more connected with yourself by being 100%. more selfish yeah 
and I think for me, it's really important that like, I feel like everything that I do pulls in the same direction. It's all helping me to be a better person and do my work better and be a better friend and all that sort of stuff. So I know that it's important to have social time and not to get pissed all the time, but to have social time. I know it's important to be a good friend. I know that if I have to push a little bit of work back because someone's staying a bit longer to have dinner or have a, a cuppa or a drink or whatever, it's okay. I'll make that. I'll make that call. And if you can feel like opening up and having good conversations where you make an effort is as important for getting people to open up, then you can see that it's not dead time. It's not like wasted time or going backwards time. If getting a load off helps you function better in the rest of your life and good friendships help you feel better about things and, and, you know, moving your body and eating reasonably well and all that kind of stuff. If you feel like that helps you be a better person to, to show up for everybody else and, and keep you going, pulling in the same direction, it becomes a lot easier to prioritize and make time for them. And then like anything that's important to sometimes kick yourself in the backside and go, I should go out and have dinner with my mates. It's been a while. And I keep saying no, because I just feeling a bit like I'm stuck at home and I just kind of want them comfortable. But then you go out and you go, this was a great time, which is always what happens. You get in those modes where you go, I'm not going to do it. And then you go and you go, oh, I had a great time. I don't know why I was so worried about. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So, read, you know, if you feel that and you keep reminding yourself about those things, then, mm-hmm. you know, when I've got a bit of extra emotional energy, I give it to you. When I'm a bit flat, I, I lean on you and vice versa. And then we work it out and it does kind of balance out over time. If you, the, And the longer you've got, the more it balances out, I find. Yeah. Brilliant. Yeah. Nice one, man. Let's get after it. If the good people of this podcast would like to reach out to your good self where can they find you josh yeah just uh i'm on the i'm on all the socials so josh red jones uh it's josh r-e-i-d jones um and the just be nice project or uh i think the handles like jbn project and jbnproject.com um yeah cool. jump on take it out on instagram or whatever and i'm around we'll, we'll add those links below so yeah thank you so much man for your great insights here really enjoyed this conversation and hey, mate, thanks so much for having me and let me just yammer away for an hour <laughs> no it's brilliant man brilliant i'm inspired i'm and uh gonna go out there now and be nice to people so thank you <laughs> thanks brother cheers thank you for tuning in to another episode of the modern warrior podcast if this episode has added value to your life please share this episode on your social media platforms so that others too can gain the insight information and inspiration that they need in order to move forward in their lives. For the time being, stay strong and keep fighting the good fight.